Welcome everyone to Gabbing with Babish. My name is John Newman. I'm a big fan of the hit YouTube cooking show, Binging with Babish. And my name is James Nichols, and I'm also a big fan of the internet cooking show, Binging with Babish. Binging with Babish is a YouTube cooking show where Andrew Ray makes the food from film and television, and we're going to talk about it. Yes, we are. Episode 241, baby! Now, James, I couldn't help but notice that you laughed when you were saying the episode number. It's an absurd number, John. We are, <laughs> we are rightfully 200 episodes past where we probably should have stopped this. But, buddy, I love soldiering on into the unknown with you. I was on an airplane yesterday and was killing time, and I was looking through old photos. I was just kind of scrolling back, and I was like, wow. And I was looking at photos of things I had forgotten about. And I came across one of us recording the podcast, and I was like, oh, man, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah, we have. I'm we were all in very different Multiple apartments ago, none, no marriages or engagements. Truly an absurd amount of time. To keep I've doing known this. we've been doing this podcast longer than I've known my fiance. <laughs> yes, correct. That's fun. That is a good time. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. Your boy's jet lagged. It's not real, John. Jet lag is a state of oh. mind. You just need All to right. overpower it. Let's start. Uh, keep going. Uh, say, say, ask your question one more time. Uh, how you doing, Johnny? I'm tired and I don't know why. <laughs> See, that's the first step: is denial. Yeah. Oh, that's good. How are you? Um, I'm all right, buddy. Can't come. Did I already ask that? No, Probably. I don't know. They they all blend together. Maybe, maybe you have. Um, I'm fine. Nothing, nothing crazy to report. We'll probably get into whatever I have going on in a little bit, but nothing jumping off the page at the moment. Huge. Well, do you want to uh, introduce our guest here at uh, Batting Average, sh- and then we can get into it? Sure. Do you? Speaking of jumping off the page, huge get today, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome. Mr. Joe Strix. They call me Mr. Huge Get. <laughs> they sure do, bud. Uh, yeah, they do. So we got a fun one today for our uh, batting average. By the way, thanks for having me, boys. It's great to be here. Thank you uh, for being here. Our uh, lifetime batting average of 241 uh, by one Gene Tennis, uh, who uh, astute listeners might remember as being the guy that uh, Champ Kind mentions when he demonstrates his catchphrase whammy in Anchorman. He says, Gene Tennis in the place, at the plate, and whammy. That's this guy. Now, what's fun about Gene Tennis, aside from the fact that he hit 241, I'm going to give you a shot at his original Italian name. Billie Jean King. <laughs> Johnny, you've nailed it on the first try. It's, it's Fiori Gino Tenacci, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but but what's more important to me? Oh, you mean Genie Tennis did? But, you mean Genie Tennis? But what, what's more important to me is that he is listed as the anglicized version, which is Fury Gene Tennis, meaning Fury F U R Y. His name is yeah. His name is Fury Tennis. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this guy messed up so much. Yeah. One. Getting into baseball. What are you doing? Get into tennis, you idiot. Well, for what it's worth, he did win the 1972 World Series MVP award, but we all knew that anyway. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, For Gene Tennis' appearances in other media, he did a voice cameo in in an episode of The Simpsons entitled Regarding Margie in 2006. Appeared in a television commercial for the Toronto Blue Jays in 2008. He was mentioned by sportscaster Champ Kind in the party scene in Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, as aforementioned. 
And uh, he is portrayed on one of the flood wall murals in Portsmouth, Ohio, honoring local Major League Baseball players. So, pretty wow. storied life career. for this man. I also, I, I'm, I shouldn't have looked him up because now I'm learning that his name is not spelled like tennis. It's spelled T-E-N-A-C-E. Yeah. Really, but, really what a bummer. Uh, but it also could be like a, a menace with a T. He's, he's so menacing that they had to add a new letter to the front of that word. If he was a baseball player today, his last name would be Pickleball, am I right? <laughs> it's sweeping the nation, and I can't wait to play it. Do you guys, have you never played? No. Do you have any desire? It is a good time. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's a, it actually is a fun time. I do enjoy it. It's absolutely devastating the ACLs of, of the American population. <laughs> it's the favorite it's the favorite game of orthopedic surgeons because they're making <laughs> they're making an absolute killing on this stupid yeah. game that people should not be playing as much as they are. Elderly f- Wait, why why shouldn't they be playing it? Because a lot of a lot of like it's a lot of lateral are not set up correctly. It's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of lateral quick lateral and and like reversing movements that people are not prepared Pe- to play people have not trained their just knees dive. for the pressure that they're taking correct and they they are people are blowing their knees out like it's going out of style in that's fun in pickleball and man are the orthopedic surgeons just raking in the cash i i, I would like for a different i mean i guess in the cycle of former like elementary school gym games it's fun. Like we had a dodgeball moment when the movie Dodgeball came out. Pickleball, I guess, makes sense as like another next thing. I don't know if handball is ever going to happen. I think pickleball is far more popular than dodgeball. I don't know. Is. There's not a professional pickleball thing on TV yet. There was uh, there was for dodgeball. Yeah, dodgeball did go through a moment, but it definitely feels like uh, pickleball is less ostracizing than than dodgeball can be. I think I think everyone who who is trying to pick up pickleball or is like has a friend who's trying to get him into it, try and get that friend into dodgeball instead. Let's 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 reverse the trend here. <laughs> uh how are we doing, fellers? I'm pretty good. I'm tired and I don't know why. <laughs> well I don't know what to tell you, John. There's no explanation for it. You're the first of your kind. Yeah, there there simply can't be an explanation for why you're tired. Yeah, I get your boy has been across the pond for the last uh, eight days in yeah, Russia. You were there a long time, dude. Yeah, I was. I'm now British. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was fighting. He was fighting in Ukraine, dude. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I brought cartons of tea and did a reverse Boston Tea Party. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would have had to take water from from Boston Harbor and put it back into tea kettles in Britain <laughs> to, fu- yeah, yeah, to fully undo the curse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, what was what, the most how, British thing you did? What was the most British thing that I did? Um, did you colonialize I anything? went... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the most British thing that I did probably was I went to a pub and I ordered a cask ale and a fish and chips. Oh. Uh, ah. And read a book. Well, the, the book the book reading, I read Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. So that wasn't the most British book. of books I could have read. It's a great. It's a great. Um, but that was a. Sorry, it's a great read. Yeah, no, I, I've read it before. This was just a. I thought it'd be a nice, fun read for when I was over there, and I was right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I ate. I ate very British. I had uh, bangers and mash one night. I had uh, mushy peas. Did have mushy peas. What? Uh, one night I went to 
Dishoom, which is their apparently everyone in London's favorite restaurant. It's Indian food. It's very good. Oh hell yeah! But I have a big problem with everyone in London agreeing on the best restaurant. I think if you ask a hundred people in New York what the best restaurant is, you get a hundred answers. And I think that I said this at one of our team's happy hours. And then the other American in the group goes, yeah, that's because their food's not very good. And that alienated them real good. Yeah, I would have said the same thing and also alienated myself uh, in doing so. Yeah. I was about to say the very same thing just this moment. Uh, but yeah, I ate and drank very well. I had lots of pints of ale. Did you pull, it, did you pull any pints yourself? No, I let the bartenders do that. I'm trying to pull a pint. What if I've been like, hey, can I get back there real quick? Like that one episode of Veep or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's I'm trying to do that because I'm I'm heading to Jolly Old uh, next year in the spring, and uh, I, I would like to pull a pint of of Ginnis. I believe it's, it's soft G on Ginnis. Yeah, they yeah they go they go soft G over there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If you go to Ireland, that's where they pronounce it really like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to embarrass yourself and out yourself as a as a tourist. So right. definitely say Ginnis. And I'm definitely not gonna do the Welsh pronunciation where it's like. Right, yeah. they sound like, and they, they pronounce over there. They pronounce gin as gin, so you get a gin and tonic. <laughs> so make sure you gotta stay on top of that. Uh, well, it's, no, uh, it, the it, first it, thing that I ate in London was uh, McNuggets because <laughs> I got in as well. And, you should. Uh, I powered through the day and was like, uh, at like eight p.m. I'm like, I can finally sleep, and I tried to sleep. And I couldn't sleep, and I stayed up till four. And then I got really hungry, and I'm like, I can't go to bed if I'm hungry. And I looked it up, and the only thing that was open was this McDonald's by my hotel. So I went out, got McNuggets, ate them, came back, and was finally able to sleep. How do how do British McNuggets compare to American McNuggets? In uh, attest to the McDonald's Corporation and how brilliant they are. Identical, <laughs> truly identical. You love to see <laughs> it. We love to see it. Yeah, That's truly, great. truly wonderful stuff. I, who is it? Was it Nate uh, Bargatze who has that joke about like only eating at chain restaurants when he goes abroad? Where he's just like, I want to go there because I know it's good. He's like, they have the same stuff everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't I eat it? It's guaranteed. <laughs> uh, I guess it wasn't the first thing I ate in London, but it was uh, certainly the early. most noteworthy. I went to Nando's, had a cheeky Nando's. Ooh, love- little Nando's. What did we get at Nando's? Little peri peri chicken, some spicy rice. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah, so now good. I obviously Everything know what I Nando's is, very good. but you could probably tell the listener. It's a very popular uh, chain. Takeaway. Uh, they call it takeaway. Well, I sat there. Oh, whoa! But it's in DC now. It's in the US. It's just not in New York. But it's very popular in London. I think it's like a big drunk thing for them. You get drunk and then you go have a cheeky Nando's. <laughs> and so, what is what is like the the hot ticket item? What did you get? The, chicken, the like peri, you get like the peri peri chicken. Yeah, okay, peri peri chicken. So it was a like I had a a wing and a thigh and a drumstick. Okay, it was like a three piece meal with two sides, and I got rice and chips. They love their <laughs> chips. Yes, over there they call them crips. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's wrong. Uh, I did every time like. I looked at a menu, and every time I saw chips, in my mind, I had to go, that means fries. (laughs) Every time. Uh, Oh, that rules. Did you you subtly start speaking in a British accent at any point on your your trip over there? A little bit. And I also, every every time that someone at a bar gave me a drink, I said cheers to them. 
Here's my thing. So it starts. I've been saying cheers just generally in my own stupid American accent. I say it to to just about anything these days. Uh, so I think that's gonna that's gonna go over like gangbusters once I'm over there. No, man, this is how it starts, Joe. Next, you're gonna start wearing a fedora. Start saying <laughs> things like "milady." Hold on, you're, con- you're conflating yeah. the you American become- incel with the British regular po- person. They, dude, the, it's the Venn diagram is a circle. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you. I did unfortunately, I did unfortunately think I reinforced an American stereotype at the British version of TSA on the way back. Yeah. Uh, were you wearing Were you bit- wearing your back to back World War Two <laughs> World War Champs shirt? Is that no. why? But I was uh, a bit of a dick. As you know, I can be a bit of a dick sometimes. And when provoked at the airport what the, board... What the hell you say, Johnny? Yeah, come on, Johnny. You've only ever been sweet to me. <laughs> yeah, that's not the friend I've known and have been walking on eggshells with for years. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I could have been through Heathrow in 15 minutes. But because of stupid employees there, it took me two hours. Whoa! What I happened? I waited in a... I waited in a long line for an hour to check in. I went there and I said, excuse me. I said, I checked in a line. I don't have any bags. Uh, do I need to wait in this line? They said, unfortunately, yes. And then I wait for an hour, get to the very front. And they say, you check in any bags? I said, nope. And they went, oh, with this tone. And I go, what does that tone mean? <laughs> and she's like, you want me to print the ticket? She's like, you didn't need to wait in this. I'm like, I was afraid of this. I said, you need to tell your stupid employees up front that they don't know how to do their jobs. Uh, and she laughed, and we were we were good. Yeah. No, no, this isn't even the bad part yet. This isn't even the bad part yet. Uh, so then I'm annoyed that I've been there an hour, and then I go through security, and I look at the security, and I say, "Do I need to take my laptop out?" And they go, "No." Oh. And then I go through, and my bag gets pulled to the side, and then it's a long line of bags that need to be checked. They Oof. finally get to mine. Your boys fuming at this point, yep. and they take out my laptop. They take out everything. I'm staring what I might call daggers at this person. Uh, is it the person? Is it the same person who told you you didn't no, have? See, different person. Mm, this is this so, is how this is. Yeah, keep going. I'll we'll discuss at the end. So then they like take stuff out. They swab it. They do all the things, and then she puts it back. She can see that I'm annoyed. She goes, "Have you ever traveled before?" <laughs> Damn. And I just looked at her and I said, and I, and I said, I said, yes, I've traveled before. And she's like, well, you, you have to take out your laptop stuff. And I said, I explicitly asked your stupid fucking coworkers, and they said I didn't. Did you say the USA. word Did you say USA. the word stupid USA. and fucking? USA. Yeah, maybe. And then, uh, and then, and then she goes, she's like, whoa. She's like, all right. Uh, she's like, you don't have to be rude about it. And I said, you don't have to be condescending about it. I said, do you think that I would have, I said, do you think I wouldn't have taken my stuff out of the bag if uh, they had said to take it out? She's like, it's posted everywhere. And I said, no, it is not. I said, I explicitly asked. I said, they did not say I had to take it out. (laughs) And then she goes, you don't need to be rude. And I said, you don't have to be condescending. And then she said, what does condescending mean? Wait, a British British person didn't know what condescending? And then I just started laughing. (laughs) And then she goes, she goes, you are a rude person. I said, okay, shut up. And then it was bad. It wasn't good at all. Shut up. Johnny. I don't know know if I I... Let's go back. I don't no, think... No, 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 no. Also, no, it's too wait, late. Hang on. Wait. I don't I think have, I did say shut up. I'm actually. positing a theory. She might have... She might have been so condescending that she was asking you 
to define condescending. <laughs> I don't think so. Because, I don't think so. Because she was like, this guy's a fucking idiot <laughs> asshole. I'm going to ask him if he even knows oh, what condescending what's condescending me? me? I don't think so. I think when she said you are a rude person, I think she was a little bit hurt. I did feel a little bit bad at that point. Sure. Oh. So I just grabbed my stuffs and then I left. Yeah. And then I was like, ooh, I better, I hope, I really hope I didn't like leave my laptop because I can't go back. <laughs> That <laughs> would have been a great what a so, what a tail tuck so moment. Did you have to go? Yeah, did you have to go to the Apple Store today, John? <laughs> no, no, I didn't leave anything. But I did actually. I legitimately felt bad after that one. That is, see, the problem is this is always the problem with stupidity. Is yeah. that the stupid people are never the ones who have to pay for their stupidity. It right. always rolls downhill. And then you get so frustrated that you end up taking it out on somebody who doesn't deserve it because they're just the last in a line of stupidity. This this happens in in, in everything and especially with customer experiences. Yeah. Because you end up having to deal with the lowest totem pole person who's not at fault at all for whatever situation you're in. But they're the only person you can fucking scream at and be like... This needs to be fixed. Well, especially like, in security, is, this isn't my fault. Where where they have anywhere from two to fifty people, and no no number at either end of the spectrum or anywhere in between is the right amount. Like, like no, yeah, security when it's understaffed sucks. Talked- but but security when it's overstaffed is some is sometimes even worse because it's like there are more of you than there need to be. How is it this bad? Like, yeah. Oh my it's god. Crazy. Well, Johnny, um, regardless, you are absolved uh, by setting foot back on American soil. Yeah, no, it's Thank good you. It's good that we set diplomatic relations back 10 to 15 years <laughs> uh, with our closest ally. But hey, listen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And on know? the eve of 9-11, I no do, less. as it happened, <laughs> as it happened, I did have the thought, you know, I haven't done anything like this in a while, which I think feels like growth. Yeah, that's good. It is kind of like getting getting a little... A, a little upset in in a setting like that, a righteously upset, is almost it's almost like eating like a bad meal or not a bit like an After unhealthy you've meal. Eaten healthy, yeah. It's like it's like you're like, ooh, this is like I actually I'm kind of enjoying like in the back here you're like I'm kind of enjoying this. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be it's naughty. Like, I'm gonna have another scoop of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. like I'm gonna be a little naughty here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, as as I as I started to talk, it did feel like I was taking the weights off a bat. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm good at while this. While they're while I'm they're geared up. swapping yeah. your stuff, you're you're kind of tying you were, the picture. Yeah, you were just <laughs> you're oh, stepping like you, there, you're standing up straight, just cracking your back, <laughs> just loosening those, getting those old muscle memories get, uh, going yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tilting your neck either eight side. feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> You did that. That uh, nope. I was gonna make a very old, very unnecessary reference. Let's keep it moving, Jimmy. <laughs> well, uh, did you eat any good, stupid American food this week? <laughs> uh, no, nothing. No, nothing was Great. really. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> awesome. I did. I did. I got. I got within eyesight of having a pastrami sandwich that I've been looking forward <laughs> to having. Uh, that I I've been sight. trying to have for months. Because um, uh, Olivia and I, so Olivia and I went into the city to see a show because we are cultured people. Um, it was an wow. off-Broadway show because we're very cultured. Wow. Um, Who was it? Stomp. It was not. No, it was not Stomp. Blue Man Group. And, no, it was called the Lieutenant. It, it ran originally in the seventies for nine nine performances and then ran out of money. So you're telling me there were no a, there were no blue guys or garbage cans on stage? <laughs> huh. Pass. That's weird. Big fat pass. 
I will <laughs> say, thank you. I will say, if you if you hear what it's about, it's it's <laughs> it's a rock opera sur- about the events surrounding the My Lai massacre in Vietnam. So, <laughs> okay, all right. I yeah, feel like there's still room for at least one blue guy in there. No, but no. What I'm saying is like it's just the most like. Like, does, did this need to be a musical? Type? <laughs> Dude, so many musicals are like that. Though. Though. Everyone, everyone in it, everyone in it was very like extremely talented. It was it was very interesting. Like, did you ever um, see like but, so like cabaret or whatever? Like, there's so many musicals are just like, hey, here's something horrific that we put music to. <laughs> Fiddler <laughs> yeah. on the roof. Hey, we're gonna um, kill a bunch of Jews. Let's dance about it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know Jewish Jewish pogroms? What if we, <laughs> what if we did a high dilly dilly? Um, no, but so we, we went into the city and New Jersey transit had massive problems. So it took us almost three hours to get from our house to the upper, uh, East side, which is where the show was. And we had planned to go to this restaurant and then we were running short on time. And the only restaurant that was right near the only restaurant I had seen that was right near the theater was pastrami queen. And I've been <laughs> wanting to go to pastrami queen to get a, a pastrami sandwich. Cause it's often listed as one of the best ones in the city. So it was like Olivia. I was like Olivia. We could just go here. Olivia was not, did not want to go to Pastrami Queen. Yeah. But she was like, she was like, fine, we'll go. And I was like, sweet. So we're walking, and we are, again, within eyesight. I can see it. It's. I. We have to cross one more street, and it's right there, on basically on the corner. And we're walking by a Dos Toros, <laughs> and, Olivia, and Olivia goes, "Oh, a Dos Toros. Can we just go here?" And I was like. Uh, fine. <laughs> so we got Dos Toros, and I, I I still have yet to have the Damn. pastrami queen sandwich. It's frustrating because they, I believe, pastrami queen has diplomatic relationships with both the Burger King and Dairy Queen. What if yes. Olivia had gotten Dos Toros, you had gotten pastrami queen, and you had ate it in the middle of the street? Yeah, um, like animals. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. No napkins. Just stop traffic. Yeah, no napkins. Stopping traffic from all three directions. Just <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it was just we were going for convenience at that point, and yeah, you gotta. we didn't know the situation at Pastrami Queen. So I had a lovely Dos Toros burritos. Dos Toros, uh, better than Chipotle. Fight me, cowards. And uh, Spanish for uh, two tours. Correct. Dos, I, Dos Toros is, I feel like, is going to fall to the same fate as Chipotle, which is the bigger it gets, the worse it gets. Correct. Agreed. You know what that... 100%. Uh, but, but right now... They're yeah, in, they're solid that, Yeah, they're in that pocket of that, like they're light, lively, and still fighting the, the the big guy. I feel like the last time I had it, it wasn't amazing, but every other time I'd had that very positive experience. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on here before, but we went back there recently, and uh, my wife, man, a big fan of Moe's uh, Southwest Grill, uh, similar offerings to Chipotle. They do it fucking fantastically. They have killer queso. They all the employees seem very like jazz to be there they're 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 like specials are pretty tight it's just i highly recommend it they've done a re a huge rebrand in the last like five ten years and it has paid off uh handsomely i would say i think I've, I've definitely told this on this podcast but i waited out in front of a mo's all night in college and received 52 free burritos because of it and ate it every week in college for a year uh <laughs> and back then it was not true that Moe's is better than Chipotle, but yeah. I would give it another. I would give it another try. Yeah, did they do like a, a Domino's type rebrand where they they upped their ingredients and, they, and made things better? They upped the ingredients. They kind of changed the whole vibe of the place. Where they're like, "Hey, Chipotle's the kind of buttoned up, 
McDonald'sy version of this. We're a little, we're silly. We're Moe's. Come out with a fucking quesadilla. But that's that's always been the case. Oh, okay. Well, either way, they've 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 done it up a little bit more, and the quality of the food is very. I nice. would give it another try before I withhold my thoughts. But back then, in 2010, yeah. when John was eating Moe's every day, at least once a week, yeah. sometimes twice a week, <laughs> uh, Chipotle was better. Yeah, but. That's a huge. Well, that's, that's a huge economic windfall for a college student. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. like they announced it was. It was because they were opening up a new location. They said, "Hey, the first hundred people in line get free burritos for a year," and it was like the craziest thing I'd ever heard. What? So my friends and I all got there the night before. What number and we were, were you? Third in line. Oh, three. Wow. We were third in line. Wow. Hell yeah! And it was like ten. It was like fifteen of my friends. So we were all. Uh, some friends brought a couch on a back of a truck, and they put out. We put out a couch God. all night. We played frisbee in the middle of the street from like four a.m. to six a.m. Yes, Fuck, college. Was uh, the we had best, a, dude. <laughs> we had a real nice time, and then we walked right in the door in the morning. They handed us a stack of fifty-two cards that all said one free burrito on them. Damn. Uh, and yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, well, actually, was that that might have been two thousand nine? Truly, think it was sophomore year. Truly, a was, glorious time to be alive. Yeah, seriously. Uh, God, I, all I ever did was camp out a bunch of times for football tickets, and those and that I had already paid for. This was just yeah, about, yeah. This was just, <laughs> this was just about positioning. And I never I remember it became out. a real thing to know whether I was going to pay a dollar ten for queso because I'm like, is this going to be a cheap meal or not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> am I going to splurge? As God, as, God. as I think most places have, I think their queso has also undergone a revamp. Because, I mean, I still think... It was good. I mean, at the time, Chipotle didn't even have queso. Yeah. So that was the one thing that everyone said. Everyone was like, ah, oh, Moe's, not as good as Chipotle, but they have queso. Yes. That was the thing. Uh, I, I think, that, I mean, their chips and queso, I, I think, are stupendous. Um, I'm sure there's one near both of your homes. Yes. There's a Moe's... There's a Moe's within... Three minutes. I could be in a Moe's. I could leave right now, go to a Moe's, and be back before this podcast. I could put ends. you in a Moe's. I was. I could put you in a Moe's in <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I would give it another try soon. I was most confident that it would be near James because the amazing thing about James's home is that it's near every fast food establishment that's ever existed. Yeah, it's very true. And I haven't been to Joe's, but I'm assuming that that's semi true. It's it's more true because they don't have Waffle House or uh, uh, Bojangles upstate up up where y'all are from. That's I say y'all now, yeah. by he the way. He has everything I have here, plus all those weird I'm, southern plus ones. Southern I'm now indigenous to this area. Uh, speaking of college, I uh, went to UNC's campus uh, on Saturday. Just a lovely time. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. It's a great campus. A great campus. Uh, didn't sample any of the uh, establishments, really, but we did eat at a tailgate. Joey had some dogs, and uh, <laughs> I had uh, Dippin' Dots, the ice cream of the future, at the game. Um <laughs> It's just a bad choice. Just no, he's living in the future. Uh, James, Dippin' Dots what, suck. Dude. Here's the thing. So what flavor? Bad. What flavor? What flavor? I mean, it's what, the same flavor. It's the little ball, multicolored balls. No. It's yeah, all, but there's different no, colors. No, I had cookie dough. And uh, James, yeah. to your point. Cookie dough? Yes. Wow. To your point, it should just be regular ice cream. We did not need this invention. <laughs> it is incredibly stupid. <laughs> I don't, no, I've never no, had no, it before. I think different, it's... You just don't get where things are going. Yeah, they're like, yeah, hey, remember how you know how ice cream already costs a fortune to refrigerate? What if we had to keep it even colder? Yeah. What if we added new elements to the equation? <laughs> yeah. I can't stand that I'm the only forward thinking person on this podcast. Johnny, for what it's worth, uh 
I would be more on board if more things started to to be presented as uh, tiny little frozen balls, or, or if, if uh, instead yeah. of the ice cream yeah. of the future, that was also the hot dogs of the future. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh, the meatloaf of the future is <laughs> no. just little balls. <laughs> I yeah, I am a I am an extremely liberal person, but when it comes to ice cream, I am a dyed in the wool conservative. Okay. <laughs> <I will>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, we did that yesterday. No, no, Saturday. And then yesterday, uh, we <laughs> the call's about to end, and we haven't even started talking. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the... Yeah, we haven't... We'll be all right. Might need to we'll take start a, a new call. Here's, yeah. Just keep recording. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, maybe, maybe one of us that has free, unlimited access to meat should be the one who schedules <laughs> no, these meetings. I'm no, 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 I like this one. <laughs> no, the guest, uh, the guest has to do that, John. That's true. Uh, yesterday, uh, Amanda and I uh, were doing steak and taters and Brussels sprouts before we went off to a comedy club to see Craig Robinson, uh, a.k.a. Daryl from The Office, uh, at a comedy show. But in making that steak... Uh, we set off smoke alarms and uh, pert near burned down the place. So that was fun. Uh, but we found out you can just get shower caps and put them over your smoke detectors. And then it's like you don't even have to worry about safety anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about that? Uh, so it was a real tasty steak. Yeah. <laughs> Emily made us buy these carbon monoxide detectors. And I was like, I don't want to know that. So I unplugged them and threw them away. <laughs> Yeah, carbon monoxide, uh, carbon, take them outside. Don't give a shit. Uh, That's right. At the comedy show, uh, they had surprisingly good snacks. They had these little, uh, like, cinnamon sugar donut holes with a little caramel dipping sauce. Oh, molto bene. That sounds like a dessert of the present. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Really, when you think about it, it's, it's donuts made small and, and spherical. It's it, it is a dessert. Yeah, of but the were future. they were they served to you at a temperature that makes them stick to your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? And actually, they did ask for for people to leave reviews. I'm going to ask if they could turn the donuts into ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was... <laughs> All of my Yelp reviews moving forward will ask that they add dip and dots, the ice cream of the future, <laughs> to the menu. <laughs> God. Yeah, Johnny. It sounds like you went to some cool restaurants in uh, in old UK. There, uh, none of them really seemed like they had dip and dots the ice cream of the future. So, it sounds like a worthless. <laughs> no, trip. I kept trying to order that. I would look at waiters no, and be, "Excuse me, do you have anything that it looks like if I ripped open a Beanie Baby?" <laughs> I would like. I would love to pull a pint of uh, dip and dots the ice cream of the future. That'd be fun. These mushy peas, these mushy peas are delicious. But what if you didn't mush them and you just dump them in liquid nitrogen and then served them to me? How about that? Uh, you go up to the Dippin' Dots person, you just look real seriously, and you're like, "Are these uh, cans or on tap?" <laughs> I, the mushy I, peas of the future. I wish I had gone up to the the Dippin' Dots ice cream of the future station in the stadium and just asked, "What is this?" What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> Who's dipping the? What is this? What is the dots? How come? <laughs> How come this is happening? <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, should we discuss uh, <laughs> Troll Hunters Tales Troll of Arcadia? Troll Hunters Troll Hunters Tales, Tales of, of Arcadia, Arcadia. aka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is in the unique category of things that Babish makes from where not only do I not have not seen the thing, 
I do not know what the thing is. Never heard of it before in my life. You never life. heard of the series created by Guillermo del Toro and produced by DreamWorks Animation Television and Double Dare You Productions for Netflix based on the 2015 novel Troll Hunters by del Toro and Daniel Krauss? You've never heard of that? Kelsey no. Grammer's in this? Dude, Frasier's in this, dog? Yeah, and he's he's just Frasier. That's the thing. He, it's Frasier, but he hunts trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Babish watched this naturally and saw that there was a thing in it, or if it was, oh, he wanted to make meatloaf and then reverse engineered looking no, for meatloaf. No, it was 100% was. somebody, just, it was sent to him, and he just added it to a list. I, I would even go so far as to say, I bet someone from Netflix surreptitiously was like, hey, buddy, do this for us. Anton Yelchin died. We could use the press. Mm, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah, maybe he was getting a little uh, under-the-table money. Uh, but what he makes is a meatloaf sandwich. I... Love a meatloaf sandwich. I also love a meatloaf sandwich. I love meatloaf in general. I have a lot of problems with the directions he went uh, in this episode, and we can we can talk about them once Joe gives us his ver- verdict on meatloaf sandwiches. Positive, affirmative. Nice. It would have been so funny if the the one trash food you're against is <laughs> meatloaf. Here's the thing: I was for a while. I did not have great meatloaf experiences growing up. Uh, but have since done a full 180 on them, uh, and I find it to be a, a lovely, comforting food. Mm-hmm. I didn't really eat... Meatloaf was not a big part of my childhood. Where meatloaf came into my life is when I was at the uh, boarding school I was sent to for uh, selling drugs to teenagers. Yeah, uh, yeah you're a convict. Once a month, once a month, they would make meatloaf, and I loved it. I thought it was so good. Sometimes they would even have seconds on it. So meatloaf came into my life... Uh, at a very crucial juncture, upstate I would New say. York... <laughs> Yeah, behind bars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm picturing you sort of rattling a can across bars, you know, asking for more meatloaf, trying to trying to cause a ruckus. As you worked your way up through the system, uh, you could, if they had seconds at dinner, they did it by what level you were. So by the time I was up there getting seconds on meatloaf, that was a big deal. And for you me. didn't turn that into a sort of cottage industry, sort of inside the clink economy yeah, of sorts. Dude, yeah, sounds like you could have gotten a lot of money. Yeah, no, because when, at meal times there was so much staff around. Where that was more surfacing was with like candy bars that you would get per candy level. bars, so oh. those, and that. That was more currency, but what ca- what uh, candy bars at did meal you... times you really couldn't? Oh, what what candy bars were you trading? What, what what were your stocks in? They had, I mean, different things every week. You know, your classic candy bars, though, like Snickers, Twix, uh, Milky Ways, all you know that a, a candy that bar. square one that had raisins in it, chunky. <laughs> no, there was no raisins. I don't think. <laughs> oh, that no, there are raisins uh, in a chunky. Note- it's a gross candy bar. Don't eat it. Goobers, the uh, chocolate chunky peanuts. Is, chunky is a good game show featured on season one of I Think You Should Leave. And it's also a peanut butter. Uh, Back to you, Johnny. Chunky, you can't swear. What game show have you ever seen swearing, swearing on? on it. Uh, the a meatloaf sandwich that is near and dear to my heart is at a place in uh, Clinton Hill, Brooklyn called Meckleberg's. Uh, I just looked it up because I couldn't remember exactly what was on it. And on the menu, it's listed as 10 best sandwiches, in quote. And then I looked it up. It made like a Bon Appetit list in 2016. And apparently, they've never taken it off the menu that it like was made some list. Why, but it why is, would they? they <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it does remind me, though, of uh, 
when I was in Texas last and I went to a place that said it's uh, one of the best 120 tacos in Texas. <laughs> I remember you talking about this. What an insane it thing would, to claim. It would be very funny. Just like 10 best sandwiches list and he given just there's no other information. And it's That's not, all. Here, it's I'll not, read you. It's not available anywhere on the internet. It's just you can just you can just say things are on lists. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you don't have to provide any other context. Yeah. Uh, but oh, okay, he does say this. Okay, never mind. I just misread it. So the the menu description is ten best sandwiches, best sandwich in Williamsburg from Bon Appetit. So that's uh, where it okay. says that. Yeah, but yeah. it's uh, meatloaf, ricotta, and red gravy, and it is Ooh, incredible. It's so interesting. good. <laughs> uh, I love. I do love a meatloaf sandwich. It's rarely something that I get when I'm out. Like if it's on a menu somewhere, it's it's not. It usually like is oh I would get that, but there's this other thing I wanted to try instead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did take me a bit. The fact that this is a bar and it was kind of just like a, like a, I don't know, like it was the first thing listed and it said it was great. And a friend had had it and told me about it. So it took three levels of convincing before I got it. I have never ordered a meatloaf sandwich and I don't think I ever would. I think because a meatloaf sandwich is one of the things that like I think I can do pretty well on my own and like I can take a meatloaf that I've been given and like, <laughs> you know, like as a gift. I, I, don't, I don't know, but like, yeah, to, to, to Joe's point, it's always like, Oh, there's something else that sounds better and is more interesting than this meatloaf sandwich. But I love meatloaf. And then one of the best things about meatloaf is leftover meatloaf and making meatloaf sandwiches with meatloaf. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That being said, I think we should all go to this bar and we should would get happily, meatloaf sandwiches. Would happily do it. You guys can mail me nice time. It was one of I'm sure it'll keep. It was one of my one of my last uh, memories pre pandemic. I went with Emily and then uh, two other friends and their partners. And it was like the six of us, and I think we split meatloaf sandwiches. And they also have like a hot chicken sandwich. Uh, it was a great time. Hell yes. Uh, what now? Um, I need. I want to talk about some things that I think he did wrong on this yeah, episode. Yeah, okay, so Babish's version of it uh, starts from a weird place because in the uh, TV show or movie or whatever this thing is, they <laughs> talk series. about uh, how it is a bit chunky. It has balsamic mushrooms, sun-dried tomatoes, and cardamom. And when asked... Uh, Babish apparently talked with whoever directed it, and they said they said these things because they wanted it to sound chefy. So it's things that don't go together. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and my question was that I didn't understand. My interpretation of the uh, what was said in the show was that it's a meatloaf sandwich with balsamic mushrooms and sun-dried tomatoes on top as if they are toppings on the sandwich, yeah. not mixed into the meatloaf. Making meatloaf with sun-dried tomatoes feels weird to me i don't know it felt like and like and his sandwich eventually had nothing on it it was just meatloaf with like a little bread, cheese yeah which, yeah and like that based didn't, on didn't feel correct based on the clip it was unclear like it was a kid like reaching to the bag and smelling it and he was like pulling out flavor yeah. so i interpret it the way babish did which was those were components of the meatloaf yeah mm-hmm. interesting because I, I i think i i think balsamic mushrooms on a meatloaf sandwich would be outstanding an unbelievable addition, like as a layer on top, right? And mm, the I same see. with same with a little yeah. bit of sun dried tomatoes, maybe chopped up because where it's like biting they, into a whole sun dried tomatoes. Tough. They might get lost in the meatloaf itself. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I doubt very much 
you tasted the balsamic mushrooms even a little bit in that meatloaf. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I thought that they were like nice components of it. I feel like you could probably find a lot of uh, meatloaf recipes that all, have mushrooms uh, in the actual thing. All told, I did appreciate, like, I know that, you know, it's a trash part of meatloaf, but like that ketchup is the kind of glaze, but like him going above and beyond to make oh, it love, interesting was cool. I love a ketchup. One of the, yeah, one of the true blue, undeniable uses of ketchup yeah. is on meatloaf. I, yeah. I love a barbecue sauce in its stead. I'll be honest. That's, that's I mean, I, I would I'm take that too. I would take I would take gravy always over anything. Oh sure. On a so at at prison, sometimes it was a ketchup <laughs> top and sometimes it was a gravy top. Yeah. Um, at and prison. I think <laughs> for the leftovers, I preferred the gravy because it made it real moist again. Uh, but on first blush, I think I preferred the ketchup. But there was always ketchup on the tables uh, as well. I, I think. Um, I, I also. I, James, I know you have. I'm sure you have qualms with the bread, but I think. Oh, buddy! I think this. I think this kind of thing needs to be on like a Texas toast, you know, or like. Correct. That was that. Literally, is the the title of my notes. I don't know if you can see because my thing. Ciabatta is, is, is the wrong bread. Ciabatta. Ciabatta is the wrong bread for this. Yeah. Ciabatta is a horrible, horrible pick for meatloaf sandwich bread. Yeah. Because so it's, it's, at the end he takes a bite and it is a very small bite. And if he had taken a real bite, you would have just seen everything collapse. Yeah, but yeah, the meatloaf would absolutely collapse and squeeze out the sides because ciabatta is a tough bread to bite through. Yes, he's an idiot. And he toasted it, so so it didn't abide by the rule. Oh yeah, where it's where it's soft and on either on any side, it was just a a two two slabs of 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 wood with soft meat in between. The the ciabatta looked delicious. It looked unbelievable. Sure. Maybe would be I'm good. I'm sure it was very tasty. Yeah, it would probably be really good with like a steak sandwich. Something that's gonna fight back against it's the got, bread. It's got not a, something wait, that's just gonna capitulate. Even, even like a turkey pesto with some mozzarella, right? Like something. Yeah. So it, it mm-hmm. needed something that wasn't a hunk of meatloaf. Yeah. I feel like like a seated hero roll would have been perfect. Ooh, I'm in for that. that sure. That would be good. That would be. I do yeah, that. That would be good. I do well, boys. You better come to me to Mecklenburg's with me. I because. also my yeah, my go to my go to with with leftover uh, meatloaf for sandwiches. Just a simple white potato bread. Yeah, just easy. Yeah, because it's soft. You bite right through it, right into it. It's yeah. perfect. You don't you don't need anything that's that's trying to fight. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah. Um, he uh, yeah. he used and then the oh sorry go ahead. No, go ahead, Joe. He he uh, he used the mortar and pestle again. Uh, was it? Was he trying to? He's trying to fuck the mortar and pestle these days. What's going on? The guy loves this mortar and pestle. James, how do you feel about? How do you feel about you uh, saying Joe? Yeah, you Johnny. Talk, Johnny, and then he said uh, that. Johnny, if in the editing you could just cut that out. We don't need that. <laughs> uh, we we could just. Pick you both up. talked. Yeah. James said, "No, no, Joe will have something to say." <laughs> yeah. And, then, and it's that he wants to stick the mortar and pestle in places where where <laughs> people wouldn't normally put a mortar and pestle. That's what I'm All saying. All right, Johnny. Johnny, we're gonna pick up here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, we won't. Uh, my last, my last note is that uh, cardamom could disappear from the earth tomorrow, and no one would notice, and the world would not change in any way. Uh, I think that you've never had Indian food. Yeah, if you're gonna, <laughs> I, Jimmy, if you're gonna let, if you're gonna let uh, cougars uh, into the bar, you're gonna have to cardamom. You know what I mean? Joey, two for two. <laughs> Uh, love Indian food. I don't know. I just cardamom is whatever, dude. It's just a weird, weird thing. And and this was, as they said, it was just added. Uh, it feels hack is, is what it is. This cardamom yeah. feels like a hack spice. 
I, and he said he added it just to sound chefy. It feels like you ever had chai. <laughs> it feels like someone was watching uh, Great British Bake Off when they wrote that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna be a cardamom defender as a podcast of three white people. Uh, it's a very important spice to a lot of oh, people. Oh no, I'm sure. It is. Don't get me wrong. I I love it in uh, in Indian cooking for sure. I don't think it needs to be like forced into a meatloaf. I guess I, I don't know that it adds much. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of of course. No, it didn't. It didn't belong in this meatloaf. He did it. This was very quintessential Babish. Ooh, they said something weird in a show. How can we I gotta make do this? it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that aside, I I also uh, you know I think it's important to to toss Armenia a bone and use their string cheese. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> They've been through a lot. Johnny, you're not really coming to Cardamom's defense strongly here. You're not really oh you're sorry. Not really I throwing just... anything back at me to really dispel the rumor that Cardamom not as necessary as as one would think. Sorry, I was getting a text and I didn't know who one of the people was, so I was trying to figure that out. It was more important than what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you Because there. on my computer, when I get texts, uh, some of them don't have names. It's just a number. I'm like, hmm, who is that? And then I had to look at my phone, and now I see who it is. Your computer texting is the reason why you are still in my phone as maybe John Newman. So, <laughs> Am I really? Yeah. That's in our In our chat, in our Babish Boys chat, you are... Listed as maybe John Newman, and I refuse to update it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I the entire time we've known each other, I've been maybe John Newman. Uh, no, not the entire time. Just suddenly one day you started texting from your phone, from your from your computer, and it messed things up. But yeah, oh, you can, how long has it been that way? I years at this point. <laughs> I'll send oh, you. A, I'll funny. send you a screen cap of what what it looks like in my chat. Uh. My old, our old roommate, Katie, uh, she switched phones and it was still coming through for some reason. So Emily had her in her phone as Katie old. And I thought that was rude. So I changed it in my phone to Katie skinny, which is what it still is. Very nice. This is very kind. Honestly, what a gentlemanly yeah, a, thing to do. I am a big proponent of bit names in cell phones. Yeah. But it becomes, oh, it's very fun. If there's ever an emergency, people are not going to know how to find Olivia because her name is spelled wrong in, in my it's, phone. Uh, it's a, it happens every once in a while where I'm texting a uh, friend of the pod, Casey McGowan, and he, because he's in my phone as Chauncey McGrownup. And uh, <laughs> and that's that's not his name. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's in minus Casey McDinner. <laughs> Uh, so that was that was some bit from eight years ago. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. I remember McDinner. Um, there was a good. It was a good time where we all had fake names for each other. It was very fun. I think I was Tim Branches um, at one point. <laughs> I have a group text with two friends, and the name of our group chat is the name of one of our different friends because it just confuses them every time. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's very fun. That's a good time. Oh, what a bit. Um, All right. Any other cuts on this meatloaf sandwich? I feel like no one really bit on the Armenian string cheese thing that I threw out earlier, so I'm just going to give I, you guys one more shot to lob it back. Um, that seemed. I mean, he so he tried to make the cardamom work with adding in like kind of a merguez flavor profile. So he wanted to use like a fun, interesting cheese. So like I'm on board with that, but I also feel like a meatloaf sandwich. I actually, I mean, I'm so hard on board for the Mecklenburg version with ricotta that I can't go back. Uh, yeah. So I think ricotta is the perfect cheese for it. All right. Uh, other than Fair that, enough. no notes. We don't have an email. And this is, I think, the longest pod we've <laughs> ever done. 
I don't think that's true. But may early early on we went long, but yeah. this was long in a while because boys, you had missed me so when I was across the pond. We did. Yeah, and we we, we miss. Buddy. We got We got plan out some apps because your boy's about to be on a on an H moon. That's a honeymoon for the folks. Uh, oh yeah, we need to be to gone that. for a minute. Gone so is, quite so literally John, gone till John November. Also, I'm the one. I'm the only one holding down the goddamn United States here. Um, yes. I feel like the podcast. Please like and subscribe. Give us those five star reviews. Uh, if you want to follow us for more content, we're gabbing with Babish on Instagram. Uh, if you want to send us emails with your questions, comments, queries, concerns, or cardamom recipes, send those to <laughs> Babish at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.